everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, I am joined in the podcast studio by our Duva writer for 1 Corinthians 14, Mr. Kyle Thompson. Good morning, Emma. Kyle, it's great to have you. Fun to be here. So fun. I know that a lot of people at Watermark, they know who you are because you're one of our elders. And so I was asking you what would be fun to share about as we get to know get to know you a little better, help make a bigger place feel smaller. You shared that you would be excited to talk about your family. Yes. I think apart from my commitment to follow Christ, my family is really the center of my world. And you've got two kids? We have really three kids okay. because I think of my son-in-law as my son. So when people ask, uh, I tell them we have three kids. And grandkids? We have two grandkids, and uh, they're three and one, and they're really fun. So it's what, what's really fun about uh, family, for me and Lucina, God really used Watermark. You know, I, when people talk about uh, just our body, I think of I am the biggest beneficiary because of the way God has used Watermark to transform my marriage, transform me, my role as a husband and a dad and a son. Um, and so Lucina and I have been married, uh, this is 40 years. And Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. It's really fun because our son Jordan moved back from California a few years back, and he's on staff here, and our daughter and son-in-law uh, are members here and serve. And my mom, who is 84, is a member here. My sister no and my brother-in-law are members here. So it's really fun that uh, we all get to follow Christ together in the same body. That is so fun. And I bet they're going to listen to this podcast and be excited to hear you share with us from 1 Corinthians 14. It's a doozy. Well, it's a, it's, it's a great section of Scripture. And I always think about uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 together because I, you know, I, I love how uh, Paul pieces together um, a common thread, and he, and he starts really in 1 Corinthians 12 that you all have looked at the last few days just with the ways that our gifts, our spiritual gifts are used to, to really uh, encourage and edify the body. And I love how he draws the analogy of the body with the body of Christ, and he talks specifically about the hand and the ear and the eye and the head and the feet. And then he references the less honorable uh, parts, which I think of as what I'm represented by. When people ask me, I say I'm either an elbow or an armpit. <laughs> but uh, but it's really important that you have those, and they all work together. Um, and so I also love how he reminds us to elevate uh, the less honorable parts of the body. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can we can drift towards uh, the way we're gifted or the ones that are more present gifts. Mm -hmm. So it's really sweet to think about that. And then 13, uh, Paul really talks about that, hey, we everything we do, we operate in in love. And you can tie that to John 13, 34, and 35, just that they're going to know we're his disciples by the way we love people. And I love how he defines uh, love, and uh, it's always good to go back and, and just look at uh, the fact that love is an action word. And so that that's a great lead into chapter 14 mm -hmm. because he then gets real specific about how we use our gifts, and he specifically talks about 
the gift of, of speaking. And he uses terminology that can be confusing, especially in our world today. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to define just three of the words he, yeah. he uses. One is just prophecy. And so uh, I think about the fact that I prophesy all the time. And prophecy is just a means a message from God. And today we have the Word of God. And so as I read and proclaim God's Word, then I am prophesying. Mm. And so that's what that word means. And then tongues, uh, the Greek word is uh, glossa, and it, it talk, it's, it's really defined by language. And it's speaking in a known language for the benefit of edification of the church. And so that's really what tongues are, and I'm going to give you some examples of that in Scripture, and then, and then edifies another word that's not, it's, it's kind of a churchy word. We use it in our circles, but some people don't know what that means, mm-hmm. and when you look at it, it's, it just means to enlighten, instruct, and inform. And so you first see this whole tongues deal in Acts 2, and it's where, uh, it, it's the day of Pentecost, and it says, starting at verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each of them was hearing them speak again in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans, and how is it that we hear them in our own language to which we were born? And so then he goes on, talks about what these different uh, nationalities are, and then he ends in 11 and just say, we hear them, the Cretans and the Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And so that really sets up again where you see this again, where Paul uses this in 1 Corinthians 14, and, and if you jump to Verse 6 in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge of the prophecy or of teaching? Yet even lifeless things, either flute or harp, in producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or the harp? For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound who will prepare himself for battle so you unless you utter by a tongue by the tongue speech that is clear how will it be known what's spoken for you will be speaking into the air there are a great many kinds of languages in the world and no kind is without meaning if then i do not know the meaning of the language i will be to the one who speaks a barbarian and to the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me so also since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the, there it is, the edification of the church. Mm. And so that, that's really why I use this in my journey today. And, you know, I talked about the story. Lucina and I have spent a lot of time on the continent of Africa and uh, gave a story of when I got to speak to a group that did not speak English and uh, just how that was set up and the fact that, that I had uh, an interpreter because I was speaking in a tongue that they did not understand. Uh, but the church was edified because there was someone there who knew English and also knew their tribal language and was able to translate for me. And so uh, that's my lead-in for today into my journey. That's awesome. Thank you, Kyle. I think it's helpful because oftentimes 
the tendency, I think, especially for a lot of people my age, is to look at 1 Corinthians 14 in isolation and not think about it in the context of 12 and 13 and Acts 2 and, and defining those terms really clearly. And so I found that that really helpful, the way you framed this up for us. So thank you. Mm. We're, we've got to wrap up because of time's sake, but do you have any final any final thoughts as we continue through First Corinthians? And yeah, my my last big takeaway, Emma, is uh, you know again I think about this those those chapters because Paul is emphasizing how as the body of Christ, our role is to encourage each other, and mm-hmm. we live in a hard world, and sometimes we can major on uh, correction uh, and forget about the fact that. You know, in Hebrews, it says, encourage each other day after day as long as it's called today, so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And one of the things that I think about as an elder is I want to make sure that we are creating a culture of encouragement. And so as I go through my day, you know, whether that's writing a note, whether it's email, whether it's speaking, it's just amazing, um, just uh, the ways that God uses that to edify, encourage, and be a demonstration of his love for us, for each other as the body of Christ. So it's strong. I have a feeling there's people listening who who hear that and they are encouraged because they're like, man, I, I need encouragement. And that's part of how God designed us. Like He calls us to encourage each other for a reason. Uh, but also there's probably some listening who hear that and think, man, I've been missing it. I haven't been encouraging others, or I had an opportunity to, and I missed it. And the good news is that whenever we fall short and there is correction, whether it's in the context of our failure to to encourage others or not, God's grace always makes a way for redemption. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.